0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Bobcast. Bobcast. With you, as always, is Bob, here in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. Mickey's on the line. Uh, Mick, we just did episode 64 at the Great Room on October the 24th, 2014. Looking back on it, what are your thoughts?
1: Oh, my God, my thoughts? Uh, I wouldn't try those thoughts as much as they are feeling and my feelings was that I want to do that every day of my life I want to do that show over and over again and make it better and just keep working on new material and you know have talked about reach the masses
0: yeah it was a really interesting thing uh, you can listen to it all of its glory glorious moments there uh, live there's some photos uh, on my Instagram account and Facebook but uh, looking back at it yeah it, it really was quite a show because we did manage to pull off a podcast element to it, and we got to play our new album, which you can listen to uh, right here on the Bobcast. Just scroll down a little bit, and you'll see uh, our SoundCloud. Uh, any uh, moments stand out as the highlight for you, Meg? Uh just the whole thing, man. I
1: mean, like, you know, I perform sober for the most part. I mean, I had one cocktail before I went on stage, but I don't like to get rock star drunk on stage before shows. But I'll tell you, it felt like I was wasted up there. Uh, the whole memory is kind of like a blur. And I specifically enjoyed seeing somebody get hit in the head with the hoagie that I threw. through. I thought that was just one of the funniest things I ever did. I, I really, that I really just stands out. And the bride, the bride proposing to the bride was great. I
0: just, I had such a fun time, man. It all stands out. It's all up there. It was such a rush. So, true story, uh, as the evening went on and we got done playing, I'm hanging out at the bar, giving out the pocket dial cash. Uh, some lady comes up to me and she says, Excuse me, I got hit in the head with a hoagie during one of your songs. What was that all about? And I was like, Ma'am, uh, one of our lyrics in the song is uh, reclining the hoagie. And she she just looked at me like I was the most strangest man in the world. I also heard reports that you really hit her in the head with it. Yeah. I heard you really hit her in the head with it by accident. You were just winged it out there, and she just happened to catch wind of it. I just whipped the hoagie
1: into the audience. I thought it was a great little uh, interactive
0: element. It was. Well, there was many interactive. Job, but, you know uh, that raffle. Uh, we definitely had to edit out some edit out some moments because it kind of went on for a little bit. People were kind of weirded out by the fact that we were giving out Ouija boards. Somebody asked me uh, after the show, "They're like, you know, what's up with the staring at the Ouija board?" And truth be told, uh, staring at the Ouija board just came because here in the lounge, one of the first nights I was recording, I was looking around the room at things, and there was a Ouija board on top of my amp, and I just set it, and uh, it's stuck ever since. Definitely looking forward to doing uh, more dial shows in the future. We're actually working on it right now. Bring it to a venue here up in the suburbs. Maybe uh, we'll go back to the Grape Room soon. Scooter, thanks a lot for all your help. Definitely check out the Grape Room each week for live music. We're going to take a listen to one of our pocket dial tracks. Mick, as always, you get to choose it here on the Bobcast. What would you like to hear? Ooh,
1: pocket dial. That's, uh, it's getting, that's getting good this week with a little, uh, you know, let's uh, make the new one launch to get it, get it shaken in
0: here. All right. This is Launch by Pocket Dial.
2: Give up or give in, do whatever you want to, whatever you have to. Just begin to relive all the positive energy and you will win soon. But if you decide to ride, you sorry I can't help you. So let go, the ego. here we go, gotta go, we we'll get a better point of view. First things first, last things last. Class is classy, trash is trash If you ask me, then I just laugh Every day is just a party like a birthday bash First things first, last things last Class is classy, trash is trash If you ask me, then I just laugh Every day is just a party like a birthday bash What is it anyway to you? If you wanna do something about it, then do you I ain't holding you back to the map with subtract the fact that cool. Let me be myself and let me live And let me be somebody who stay true Cause if all paths are parallel Then it's hell to pain we both play food. First things first, last things last. Class is classy, trash is trash. If you ask me, then I just laugh. Every day is just a party like a birthday bash. First things first, last things last. Class is classy, trash is trash. If you ask me, then I just laugh. Every day is just a party like a birthday bash. Tell me what you want, tell me what you got. Tell me how you like it, tell me when to start. Tell me all your secrets, tell me when to stop. Tell me the direct route to your heart. Tell me what you want, tell me what you got. Tell me how you like it, tell me when to stop. Tell me all your secrets, tell me when to stop. Tell me the direct route to your heart. First things first, last things left. Class is classy, trash is trash. If you ask me, then I just laugh. Every day is just a party like a birthday bash. First things first, last things last. Class is class trash is trash. If you ask me, then I just laugh. Every day it's just a party like a birthday bash. One we'll more try to see how I'm unrealize that it may not work out right. And if that be the case, not a waste, but let's face it, then it is about time. So do you believe that me and you can undo all the drama that we've been through? Travel back into time and rewind, I don't know, I guess I gotta cut you loose.
0: Yes, can I speak with the expressor bar?
1: No such a poll for E-Bar? Marketplace Cafe, Ariana speaking out my own feel sorry.
0: Uh, what are you sorry for?
1: Oh no, I just bought this as
0: a buddy. <laughs> oh you, oh you all oh, you all right? You you scared me half to death there.
1: <laughs>
0: Listen, I was in there speaking with your manager. What's his name? Michael? Brian? Yeah, Brian, Brian, that's it. I I got this bag of coffee here, right? I got the beans, right? I was supposed to get them real fine for the expresses, but they came out real coarse, like and like rocks in my mouth.
1: Hi, Dean. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Yes, my name's my name's Southwick is big. I was in there a little bit earlier today. Okay. It's coarse. I can't even I can't even make a cup of coffee. What do I do? Can is there any remedy? Because. I take the bus and it's it's a little chilly right now, so I'm not going to come out there to the mall. Can you help me? Give me one second. Tell me what to do. I want to make myself a cup of your Joe. (laughs) (sighs) Now, technically, ladies and gentlemen, they have to come back. Yeah, I was speaking with somebody. She had a real nice voice. She was telling me how to make the espresso beans grind up. The, the expresso- E-bar. Um,
1: I can transfer you the espresso bar. We're the cafe. We don't we don't have the coffee beans. No, but I,
0: I was just, I was speaking with them just a moment ago, and now and now it seems as if they transferred me to you.
1: All right, so let me just transfer you back. Transfer me back. The I'll, hold to the yes, hold right, I'll hold my breath. Yes, definitely. All right, I'll hold
0: my breath I'll hold my nose. Go ahead, do it.
1: Chrissy speaking. How may I help you? Hey, Chrissy. Hi, how are you?
0: It's me, Sal. Listen, I can't... Uh, you, you transferred me up to the cafe. What do you mean? You put me on hold and I went up to the cafe. She said she's going to send me back to you. Now I'm back here with you. Can you help me? Okay. What can I do? How can I grind up the beans here at home? How can you...
1: Wait, how can you grind
0: up the beans at home? Like... I mean, can I... Yeah, how you doing? My name's Sal Vickersburg. What's your name? My
1: name is Malik. How's
0: it going, Malik? What up, man? How you doing today, this evening? How you good?
1: Yeah, I'm good. man. Okay,
0: listen. All right, I bought a bag of your coffee, right? I brought it home. I told the guy Brian that I wanted it nice and fine, but you know it came out real coarse, like. And I can't even I can't put it through my French press. I want to grind it up more, but I don't have a grinder. Can I put it like on? Can I put it on the counter and like beat it with a hammer? <laughs>
2: nah, man. Uh, if you like, if you
1: like, you could bring it back in. We
0: could, uh, we could grind it finer for you. Oh, God, I can't. I, I don't even want to get the bus right now because it's getting dark out. You know what I mean? I like I'm like a vampire. I got to get myself prepared for the evening over here. But I need some coffee to do that. I stay up all night. What would you say your name was? Malik? Yeah, Malik. You know what I'm saying? I like the nightlife Malik. That's what I do over here. But I can't grind these beans. What do I do? I can't smash them with a hammer. So what do I do? Like, you know. Yeah, I just told you, uh, you know, like, all I could do for you is bring it back in. I'll grind it fine. For you. Oh, man, the way you say that, too, you're going to grind it fine. It. it sounds like we're doing, like, a, a song or something there, Malik. Listen, you're a nice guy. I'm not going to be able to get there this evening, but uh, yeah. maybe I'll stop in tomorrow, okay? You know what I mean? Maybe we'll have a cup of tea or something. You still make them chai lattes over there? What they call them, the dirty chai latte? Yeah, we do. Yeah, that's what I like, the double shots. Anyway, listen, uh, what's what's the name of the store again? It's at Nordstrom, right? Not John Walnomaker's? Yeah. I get uh, confused. Okay, okay, we're going to be there, okay? We're going to support the e bar. Thank you very much for your time.
1: All right, no problem.
0: Bro. Malik. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Bobcast, episode sixty-five. With me is uh, Rockstar Rob from WMMR, Mickey, and we're talking Gotham. Rob, what did you think about the show this weekend?
1: I was like completely blown away. The last five minutes of the show uh, just took you to an amazing level that, like, I didn't even think the show was on that level until the last five minutes.
0: Mickey, what'd you think of the show?
1: I think Gotham was a certified bona fide hit. Ring the battle
0: alarm. Yeah, who saw it coming? I mean, the pilot episode—if you go back and listen to the first Batcast we did, Gotham cast—I uh, I myself wasn't sold on. It, but yeah, this episode was fantastic. I thought the writing was through the roof. Through the
2: roof. Through
0: the roof. Carmine Falcone, the Penguin's umbrella, everything going on. W- let's start at the top, real quick. I mean, obviously, this episode's about the Penguin. What stood out to you uh, in this episode as being striking, Rob?
1: I um, the fact that like this all is has been planned out, and everything that you saw that was happening was was everybody was being played. It was just it's it's just everybody's still being played. It's just incredible. I mean. Um, the growth of the characters I mean in the last two weeks um you know we've seen these these guys um grow in just in what um the type of the type of uh characters that they are there's there's more depth to them they're not one dimensional there's things you don't know about them that you're finding out that you're seeing well they're not quite um
0: so black and white as you would think. Yeah, there is uh, Easter eggs still uh, littered throughout it for the Batman fan, Mickey. Uh, this is, I guess is the the turning point in the series. Everything's changing. What did you think about uh, the introduction of the new character Victor Cezas? I was into it. I like how he uh, just you know
1: teased him with his first name there. I feel like they've been teasing him for a couple weeks now, and I'm glad if I to meet this deranged lunatic. Really comes in uh, nails the role. He's like the great little counterpart, to Penguin's demented brainiac. You know, criminal lifestyle. So I like Victor Sad. I like
0: how he has control over the Gotham TV. Did anybody find the scene a little strange? That uh, I mean, he just rolls up there with those two chicks, looking like they're out of The Dark Knight Returns, and uh, I mean, they get every cop in the building to leave when uh, Victor, uh, you know, calls out for Gordon, says he just wants him. Everyone in the joint leaves. 50 cops walk out. Anybody else find that strange? They're all on the take. They're all scared. I mean,
1: they said it from day one that this, is, that this Gotham police force has no... has no soul, has no good. They're, they're, they're all basically um victims of their surroundings so are they cops because they wanted to do good or are they cops because it's just a you know it's just a power thing I just think like you actually found out when you were talking when Gordon was talking to his boss it's like well I'd like to do something good too but I got a family so everybody's under the thumb of of the um Basically,
0: just the machine, the Gotham machine. It's true. Speaking of a machine, the Penguin. Let's just get back to him real quick because obviously he's my favorite character (laughs) on the show. I mean, this guy who's playing him. Does anybody know what his real name is? I'm I'm at a loss here on the podcast. I don't. I don't know his real name. We could easily look it up, but we want you to. We'll get to it in uh, episode 66, but this guy, his acting, it's great. I-, I love how he just bends every single corner, every single scene. He steals when he's in it. Uh, obviously, spoiler alerts if you're listening to this, if you haven't listened to the, you know, Bobcats before, we warn you beforehand. Yes, the penguin is behind everything. He is in cahoots with Falcone, Maroni, Fish. He's got the GCPD. Oh my God, Baloney Cheese. I love the the reveal at the end. I especially liked that they had the penguin umbrella when he was walking up, and you know he thought he might for a minute he might be whacking Falcone, but no, he didn't do that at all. Instead, we learned the backstory, and even uh, down to the detail that Penguin had um, asked for Commissioner excuse me Detective Gordon to uh, kill him because he knew he wouldn't do it. Brilliant. What'd yeah, you got? Robin Ward Taylor. Uh, that guy's just, yeah, he's a fantastic character. character. Uh,
1: I like the idea that we know that none of these guys are going to die. There's no shock in that. No, None of these characters are all in the Batman storyline by the time he's
0: Batman. So all these guys okay. are going to develop. Definitely. Yeah, except for Fish Baloney. She's obviously going down. It, I can't, she's got to go I, down. I don't speak alone.
1: Well, everyone's going down. I wrote all the, the Russians right. already will Yeah,
0: came out was a bull bag. Yeah, let's let's get back to Fish real quick. She had a line in the show, Snitches get stitches. That's how it's always been. Yeah, she's a cold-hearted killer. How did she get such power? We never really learned that, did we? Yeah,
1: she has a line on her forehead
0: and her crow's feet. She needs to go. Rob, did they ever reveal as to how she has so much power?
1: No, I don't think
0: so. Yeah, I I would like to know that. I mean, why is this one chick controlling the mafia? Another one of the positive attributes of this episode was uh, Harvey. How about Harvey uh, switching sides completely, (laughs) teaming up with Gordon?
1: You know what? We started to see, this is what I was talking about. We started to see another side of Harvey in last week's episode because he's the guy that's putting all the finance out to keep his former partner in that home. He's sending him magazines. He's paying for him to be there. So, and they called him in that episode The White Knight.
0: What do you think about that, Mick? I
1: don't think he ain't no Harvey Dent. Yeah, I mean, look, that's all in your curveballs. That's keeping you engaged. Look, suspension and disbelief is the name of the game when you're watching any TV show. But this is a TV show about comic books. My belief has been well suspended and I'm fully engaged in a Gothamite in a rowdy town, in a no-good cops not walking out, or walking out. Uh, you know, but I did really read that there were two pops that
0: were hesitant, just to keep it real. I think my favorite line from uh, that night was, uh, That's a good plan! You sit down with a barrel of chimpanzees and a bucket of crack to come up with that? <laughs> Harvey, he just hits it out of the park every time. I think that he's uh, stealing the show, too, in his own way. Gordon uh, has definitely uh, seemed to uh, get right into his role. I mean, he he knows exactly how to play the character. Uh, I love how he tries to get Barbara out of town and everything gets foiled in the ending by uh, Marone. Yo, who was that big uh, villain guy? Did anybody catch his name? The dude that, uh, he pulls up to all the nuns and he's like, hey ladies, how's it hanging? Then he like puts them in chains in the street. that's
1: that's Fish's number one henchman. That
0: guy's a straight Um, jabroni. He's the one that was with Barber
1: going like oh do you like bad
0: guys oh yeah that guy's a dirtbag. he's gotta go yeah let's talk about the violence on uh, TV did you guys find it uh, extremely violent did you feel like you were watching broadcast television instead of cable television it's it's dark I think just because the whole setting is dark the violence it, it accents the violence I mean
1: you could have you could have this stuff happening on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and it's not going
0: to seem as dark as it does on Gotham. It's just because the overall tone of the show is just greedy. Definitely. How about the scene when Penguin uh, he foils that one henchman who's trying to like you know get rid of him once they uh, take out the the gang, and then uh, Penguin stabs him with a knife and twists it. Ooh, can't believe you it. Know, I thought that guy was the Joker. <laughs> really?
1: Ah. Uh, I really
0: thought that that guy was going to end up being the Joker. I, w- I think if they introduce the Joker o- on the show, I don't want him to be like significantly older than Bruce Wayne. I'd like to see Joker when he's like a teenager or something. I think that would be a cool way of uh retelling the tale because the Riddler, the Riddler's got, enigma's got to be what like 25 years old tops and Bruce is what 13. Riddler's going to be like 14. Frank Burton running around in his underwear by the time Bruce grows up.
1: Well, I think that's is- Joker. The Joker, like, I mean, everybody kind of expects the Joker to be like, oh, that's not, the, the, the Joker before he fell in that mat was just a, a diabolical henchman guy that was like nasty and cutthroat. So he could be any of those guys, you know, that um, just hasn't at this point risen up to the level that he's gonna be at but you know, he's just like
0: a crazy hen- henchman, I guess you know we don't know. I, I like the version of uh, the Joker from the Alan Moore Brian Boland book The Killing Joke where he's just a comedian who's not funny. people don't like his stand-up and his wife gets sick and he gets in with the wrong people and agrees to do a job and then gets thrown into the vat and then completely loses his mind and becomes the joker. But, uh, yeah, I would like to see a different telling of it, something we've never seen before. So I was thinking, you know, imagine the Joker during, like, adolescent years, puberty. My God, he must be a mess. I like the
1: Joker from the Batman animated series from the 90s.
0: Yeah. You know, the
1: one that Mark Hamill does the voice for. Because he was basically, he was a thug. And, you know, and then all of a sudden he was a Joker.
0: What uh, version did you like, Mickey? My favorite Joker was always the one from the comics, book, the big,
1: big mallet, the one that introduced me to the to the, to the 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 one that killed Robin. Just, you know, the perfect blend of hyena, vicious, vocal, clown, and cartoon wonder hero building as it were. Well. I want to see a dirty, uh, you know, I, I don't even want to see Joker. I'm just big on the Penguin at this point, you know what I mean? Go off to be
0: Pat. Yeah, true to that, I'm all about the Penguin. Rob, what do you think?
1: I want to see Scarecrow.
0: Yeah, I, I heard they announced that the other day. They are oh, yeah, it. Yeah, he's coming. I want to see Scarecrow because he he can be older than Bruce
1: Wayne, and and I think in a Gotham without Batman, I, I I think he would be like uh, it would just be it would just be like him tearing
0: the whole city apart. Do you think uh, the show will ever do uh, Killer Croc? Do you think they'll ever just, you know, experiment with the, the idea of people down in the sores of Gotham? <laughs> uh, it's all good. It's it's all the relative <laughs> 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 you, know what would be cool? you know what would be cool to
1: see? <laughs> now, before Bruce
0: Wayne is Batman, The Court of Owls. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Well Mickey, did you read The Court of Owls? Or? Yeah, who are these owls? So fascinating. Are there owls in Batman more now or not? Look, an owl's nest is the only nest. An owl never makes Ow. his own nest. He invades other people's nests. So it's the story of the owls that are the underground society of Gotham. And they've been in cahoots with the Wayne family way back. And uh, it, it was a great tale. I think it was Scott Snyder's best Batman tale that he's told. I uh, am enjoying Endgame. The Joker is back in, I guess, a week. We get to get issue two to see the return. Yeah, I got the trades in my box. Yeah, you got them in your box? I'm in that box. So, what, did you ever... I mean, like, if you were going to be a Joker, if you were going to bring something new as an actor to the show, Mickey, what would you do to portray him like, you know, someone... Nothing we've ever seen before. Heath Ledger, Jack Nicholson, George Romero, the guy that did the Batman dead-end awesome viral video. What would you do differently? First of all, that viral
1: video was off. uh, But I would kind of try to provide a Nirvana-like element of loud and soft to my Joker. And have him just super, super rambunctious and in your face, but then I'd have him quiet and serene and surreal and just...
0: How does bipolar balance his mania? That just, you know, was scarier when it was silent, but then scarier when it was violent. Rob, what's your version I of the Joker? St-
1: I still say, and and I think they should do this in the comic book. and I think they should do this in Gotham. I don't think we've ever seen the Joker. I don't think any of the jo- any any Joker we've ever seen is really the
0: Joker. What do you What do you mean?
1: Uh, I mean that. The Joker is an entity that we have never seen, and he has pawns that he gives Joker juice to and sends out, <laughs> and they are the Joker, but it's not the Joker. We've never seen the Joker.
0: Yeah, tell me right like now. The, uh, the lamb or whatever, the goat from two I did really like that episode. I wish we did a Bobcast for that one. I thought that episode was really well done. Uh, I definitely liked uh, the detective work that was done at the end by uh, Harvey with the psychiatrist where he almost fell down the stairs. know, yeah, I straight love Harvey, though. Harvey's a great character. When he turned sides yeah. and he was like, you know, I'm going to go down with you guys, with the good guys. I was like, yeah, dude, that's the team I want to see. I like that on TV. But uh, it was crazy how quickly he forgave Gordon, you know, and how quickly, I mean, uh, I, mean I guess Harvey was willing to let Gordon kill Cobblepot. See, I can't wait to see what happens next on Gotham. Uh, Moving on to the tradition of the Bobcast. The Walking Dead. I know you guys uh, saw the episode. Uh, Thoughts on the, I guess, solo episode featuring Beth? I mean, I love Beth. I like her little character there when she was singing last year.
1: Hugged at the heartstrings. Uh, Overall, I like how Chris Rock showed up in there, trying to help Beth get out and then eventually escaped. Uh, It was a good episode. I think Walking Dead is getting a lot more visceral this year. Comic book edge-wise, the blood's flatter and harder and it's darker and redder.
0: And it's great. I like that. I love The Walking Dead. I'm a huge fan. Good episode. Rob, what do you think?
1: Um, I liked how you're starting to see that the characters, like the, some of the characters, I mean, it's not all, it, it, it's all different interpretations of people on, on how to maintain society obviously this this woman that was running everything was so trying to believe that the world was going to be the same that she was trying to keep this order and and if it meant like feeding people to the vultures which were like that guy gorman you know who was gonna rape people and stuff i mean she so she had like she was in denial I mean, and then other people, like I said, like Gorman is the same as the gangs, you know, taking advantage of um, of, of the innocent, you know, because because there's like a power vacuum here, and um, so I, I like it. Really, is able you're able to see different aspects of people's persona and how 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 they're going to how they're going to be affected by this. Do they go insane? Do they become corrupt? Do they, do they rise above it all? I mean, this is, this is what this is all about. And, um, I, I love it. And I love the fact that this whole, the whole episode that started, it was like, um, almost like, um, paying tribute to the very first episode because Beth wakes up in the hospital. It's the scene is like,
0: very much like when Rick woke up in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Good call. Good call. Yeah, I really I uh, I enjoyed put that together. Yeah, I enjoyed this yeah. episode. Uh, I liked the the doctor. He reminded me of one of my old bosses. His name was Michael. We'll put it out there. I won't say his last name, but uh, he oh, probably oh. I would make some of the same uh, decisions uh, <laughs> during the apocalypse. But uh, I love the idea of the painting, the records playing, him noticing Beth was happy, listening to the music, and then. Slowly learning his backstory and realizing that he was, you know, a sweet chamois and basically would <laughs> kill a friend of his, a colleague of his, who was a doctor because he was scared to lose his place uh, in front of the female bitch cop who slapped the shit out of Beth, not once but twice. Um, yeah, I thought it was really well done. I I, I like the characters. Uh, I, I thought that the one guy uh, looked like Arsenio Hall a little bit. Uh, the male nurse who took some painkillers right after he got beat up. That was Chris Rock. That was a... here's a thought. Here's here's something for you to think about. If you go back to the very end
1: of the previous episode, when Daryl comes out of the woods, and he asks where Beth is and where Carol is, you know, and then he turns around and he goes, come on out. Who is going to come out? Like, we're not even going to see that this week, because this week is going to be about Abraham and Glenn and Maggie on, on, on trying to get to Washington. So we've got to wait probably another week before we find out who's in the bushes with Darryl. But I don't think it's Beth or Carol. I think it's that guy that escaped.
0: Yeah, but they pulled Carol in uh, on the stretcher at the end.
1: Right. So I think she got caught... But I don't know if she got caught in it completely, or if she just got caught. But I think they found that guy who got away, and I think that like
0: that's who's... That's who's I don't think that or Carol is with Daryl. Mickey, who do you think's in Her the eyes. who do you think's in the bushes, Mickey? With uh, Daryl, Brittany Ferland? Yeah,
1: Brittany Ferland might pop out and twerk on it, but uh, I don't know. I mean. That's a good question. I never really thought about it. Uh, I think um, I think they did tell a little dirty. I mean, after her just being everyone's wife, she's automatically just brought into this uh, this new hospital. I don't even know who these hospital lights are. I don't get to go from the comics. Do they represent anyone? No, they never really did this storyline. Um, but remember something? When Beth was trying to leave when they were she was shooting zombies. Those
2: were those cars with the cross on the back. Yeah. Yeah. They were all parked right there. So that's Gorman and
1: all those those people. They're they're the ones that were driving around in that car.
0: Looking for so people, that's
1: yeah. Who, that's who Carol and Darryl were chasing.
0: So they obviously Got
1: followed into them and yeah. found them. And that's why I think they found the guy that escaped and I think something happened. Tomorrow, but I'm almost thinking that she did it deliberately to get in there, so they could get in the building and find that. I mean, why going they want to be hiding in the bushes? What are they gonna be? What's wrong? I don't know. They, you know, maybe because the guy—I don't know. I don't know why he didn't come out of the or the person didn't come out of the bushes. But obviously, you know,
0: they they came back and. Who knows? It
1: could be the doctor. True. Because, you know, it, all this the, basically when the last episode ended and Daryl was coming out of the bushes, this whole Beth storyline has already taken place. This was all yeah. taking place while the terminus stuff was going on.
0: Could be. Wait, no. It could
1: it was be after I... terminus though. No, yeah. it was after Terminus but not after the cannibals. Because they they took Bob and and Daryl and Carol left. So all this is kind of So that's all happening at the same time. What? They're going crazy over there now. Yeah, they're no, they're, they're doing it perfect. It, it, look at it this way. I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to really jump out on it. If you, if you watch ever watched Lord of the Rings, right? The very first episode, the way it ends, they split up into three groups. Frodo and Sam go one way. very and Pippin get captured, and the other ones um, are are following further on on their journey. And actually, they're split in the four because Gandalf goes off on his own too. So then you're able to tell four stories at the same time. So now they're back to the same thing on the road to Terminus, where the the people are split up. So. They can tell simultaneous stories, episode to episode, they're able to, like, kind of actually stay in one place and time. That's just, you know, I don't think I'm smart enough for that. I never liked that, the other ones, here, the Gandalf. I don't like those guys. More
0: the eh? the Rings, I never liked those guys. Yeah, I never it's got into Little you tell a story, though, you know it's like you get more out of it because you didn't keep
1: everybody together. Everybody split up, so this person's having this adventure, that person's having that adventure. Even though eventually they come back together, and then they start telling a story from there. But every time you split them up, it you get more story out of it. I just read a review on they're slamming last night. Like, uh, Monday
0: night's episode of The Walking Dead it was like the worst because I shouldn't have even aired it yeah some guy at work was like yeah it sucked even before I saw it and, like you know try to spoil it but I, I enjoyed it I mean it was a crazy place I would definitely not I would not want to be there you know paying for my stitches once again let me ask you
1: guys something let me ask you guys something
0: who are The Walking Dead Rick and his crew
1: are- the humans right We are, the people. We are the walking dead. It's not zombies. This is not a show about zombies. This is a show about people having to deal with a crisis and how they're going to handle it. It could be anything. You could have made it not zombies. You could have made it aliens. You could have made it the apocalypse. You can do whatever you want, but it's the same premise. It's like, even like if you go to a show like Lost, they're all stuck on an island. Well, who's going to turn, who's going to rise up and be a hero? Who's going to, who's going to fall and be corrupt? Who's the weak one? It, it's all the same. It's all about human nature.
0: It's all there about that the human universe. condition. It does. We, yeah. It sounds like we need to get uh, Father Demonist going again.
1: Yeah, we are we doing Bob
0: a podcast on that? <laughs> there, is a, there is a Bobcast uh, where we mentioned uh, the good work that you did uh, way back, right? Mickey, that was like, what, episode 10 or something like that? We did a Censor Comics. But yeah, we could do a, a Censor Comics. Uh, Father Demonis was a character, a, a Reverend Priest. Actually, Rob, it's your character. I did the artwork. Why don't you introduce the studio audience of the Bobcast to Father Demonis? Well, he is a, he is like a
1: cross between like, um, Dr. Strange and the Punisher because he's, he's, he's a priest, you know, he's very religious, but, um, you know, he's, he's more, um, about like getting his hands dirty. He's, he's that, he's, he's not, he's not your, your everyday kind of, Priest down the street. This is the guy that goes out at night and gets his hands dirty to save the world. And really, I mean, of course, because of you, Bob, I've realized he's not the star of the whole
0: thing. No, (laughs) not at all.
1: Not at all. He is. He is the mainstay of it. He's the linchpin
0: but it's all about reverend plack isn't it it's definitely about plack he's my favorite character hands down <laughs> plack was the... he was the spot, he was the backbone i do believe that when i was doing the artwork for uh the censor comic father demonis uh the hangover 3 commercials were on tv i remember and i remember i think i'm going to send you uh a picture of father demonis facing off against reverend plack yeah reverend plack you know
1: we we there's so many secrets that we've yet to, like, reveal to people about his plaque's origin and
0: who his father is. And you know, I and just man. I had an idea just off the top of my head here. Somebody I was talking to the other day said, you know, Bob, I found a bunch of old 45s, the, the type where you'd put on the record, it'd spin, and you would uh, read along with Spider-Man, and at the sound of the chime, turn the page. Yeah. So what, oh, yeah, if we did, what if we did a Sensor Comic where we do a soundtrack to it, and we do the chimes, and we'll do a new book for uh, the winner this uh, 2015 season? Sensor Comics, Father Demonist Returns. Don, solidify what the deal. What we should do, what we should do, is we should have a contest. And if you win the contest, you get a cameo in one of
1: those books.
0: <laughs> <You> <laughs> we know, could definitely I think do that. To talk
1: about, to get a on the book. He incorporates every
0: aspect of his life. That's true. A true writer should, should do artwork. that. Artwork, writing. Uh, Mickey did a, a great title called "Sensor Syndrome." Mick, tell the studio audience what "Sensor Syndrome" and we do have one copy. It's here in the lounge with me. I'm staring at it right <laughs> now. <laughs> tell everybody what this book was about. The uh, sensor syndrome.
1: That well, as an idea back in our childhood but it evolved into this idea about the people who would clean up all the senseless violence that the center syndrome caused the drivers the bill murray and the uh the ambulance comedies and the uh nick cages and the hospital melodramas the guys who clean up the senseless violence of the world caused by the center syndrome was what my comic was about, and coincidentally, a couple months after we resurrected
0: Spencer, The Purge came out. It's a movie that's basically all about and violence and murder and Spencer. Pretty and much, yeah. You're a little worked off. I uh, created a book called Alien X, uh, the tenth alien to visit our uh, planet Earth, and uh, he's the, actually the first alien of the ten that escapes and uh, goes on an adventure through San Francisco. He's uh, in, somebody's uh, after him. Uh, it's uh, Chick, Chick Powers. Chick Powers has taken <laughs> some of the alien DNA and is now changed into a super creature and is hunting him. I haven't uh, gone back to the book. Uh, we also did one, uh, uh, what was it? Blood Moon Rising. <laughs> which is <was laughs> one, one of the most graphic things I've ever drawn. It's about a guy who's a werewolf who uh, gets picked up in the morning and he gets taken to a, you know, federal correction fa- correctional facility. Uh, unbeknownst to the guards or anybody, the warden, he is a werewolf, but there uh, isn't a full moon for, like, 28 days. So I was going to, like, have this whole drama stretched out and, like, he would create all these enemies and then on the 28th day, he would turn into the wolf. Uh, if we're not selling hey, Bob, this to you right now, you know Bob, what I mean?
1: we We should... We should have that character,
0: like, meet Reverend Platch. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely. We're all in the same Universe. They're all under the... I know. They all can meet. So, you know what? The
1: thing that I like, the thing I like that what we were doing with that comic is that all these characters we've come up with, like, Dr. Mephisto and the Bishops and Bishop Prime and the Gollum and all that, they, 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 they all could probably stand alone
0: on stories, you definitely. You know, we could tell their backstories, and you know, I think
1: Doctor Mephisto. I love him; he's my
0: favorite character. Yeah, he had a really cool suit. I really liked his it's outfit. Mighty ambitious. I mighty do believe, uh, in Father Father Demon is too. There's a, I believe maybe it's in. No, actually, it's in the Reverend Plaque one-off I did, where he goes goes to hell. There's this huge <laughs> huge splash page, right, with like all these demons. And if you look down, there's some humans and they're bending down on their knees. The guys from the Sensor Syndrome are there. Chick Powers from <laughs> Alien X is there. So yeah, it's all connected.
1: I like Demoness as an old
0: man at hell. Oh, I did like Demonists as an old man but I, I do I miss like the excitement of like, I guess, the bishops and like that first episode where like, you know, there's like the rooftop explosions and like the chase sequences. It was a lot of fun. It was the first time I've ever uh I usually just, you know, draw and do all the writing myself. It was the first time as an artist I ever, you know, took something off the page and then, like, kind of, like, did my own spin on it. Kind of like what Stanley Taylor and Jack Kirby did back in Bob, the day.
1: You, you have to say what your favorite characters are. Do you know what your favorite characters are? I know we say black, but you, you've, come, you've come very much attached to the, um, the
0: apostles. Oh, yeah, I did like the idea of the apostles, yeah. You tell everybody what the idea for the apostles is in the demonic uh, universe. Yeah, I
1: remember that one. Well, there was a 13th apostle who basically was trying to um, decreate the world, basically. And he needed pages from a book, but Jesus had taken taken all these things that they needed and he gave them to the 12 apostles and he said, you know, he sent them through time and they... It, they became, um, you know, hiding in different pockets of time, and they became people of that time that we know. Like, one is Adolf Hitler, <laughs> which I absolutely love. It, 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 Adolf Hitler just became so, it, the, the apostle became so paranoid that he was going to get caught, that he built an army.
0: Yeah, I remember reading that in the script and being like, uh, Rob, I'm not really sure if I can go this way. I got what you're trying to say as far as him being, you know, somebody set up. But uh, some of the other rock stars along Adolf were... Barrett, Kurt
1: Cobain, Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison.
0: So basically you wanted Jim, Kurt, and the rest of the guys with off sitting around a table sharpening their knives, <laughs> getting ready for battle with the demonic universe.
1: I think it's kind of an unwritten rule though that if you ever introduce an Adolf Hitler character, he's going to be just not good though. He's gotta be just killed or something. I don't think you. Well, he was killed. We we know Adolf Hitler gets killed, and we know how he gets killed. But we just thought he shot himself in the head. We didn't know that the Thirteenth Apostle actually showed up and killed him. I mean, and now oh, is that what hope yeah, was he evil? Absolutely he was evil. Was he originally evil? No, he went crazy. He was so scared and paranoid as the 13th Apostle getting
0: him, that, you know, he, he went nuts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a very yeah, controversial I mean, element of the censor Comics universe. But as we've mentioned before in the Bobcast, we don't like to pass judgment. Censor Comics was all about uh, basically having no censor and just being able to express yourself in any means necessary. We don't condone violence really in the real world. Yeah, you that issue, didn't I, Bob? Yeah, you did. You're you like the Stephen King of Country Hawk, and you're like, no, it must be done. It is my <laughs> way. <laughs> you're
1: like, wait, wait, wait. Really, Hitler? And I'm like, come on. you said there, it, there,
0: there's no censoring. All right, at least you've said it so the Bombcast listeners know, yes, I was vehemently against it. But ultimately, it was drawn, and it is in the pages of Censor Comics, which, Mickey, you can check out at... CensorComics.com Boom. Check it out. Uh, we'll definitely uh, try to get a read-as-you-go Censor Comic on the podcast. I think that'd be fun. Maybe, I guess what we could do is, like, mail the PDF of the comic book out to people. They could have it on their tablets. They could scroll at the sound of the chime. Yeah. <laughs> a
1: Christmas issue with short stories from
0: every character. I have a really good idea right Christmas. now about Plaque just getting really drunk on like, you know, White Russians like uh you know, Cousin Eddie and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation while Father Demonus is, you know, making a nice ham in the oven. Can you guys can you guys see this right now? Are you seeing the same thing I am? The future. Plaque's a gold mine. Come on. He is a gold mine. It is, is it? Let's just put this out there right here on the podcast. If Zach Galifianakis would like to play Plaque, you can reach me at uh, cahill.bob at gmail.com. You, you, you
1: should play it.
0: Behind Two Ferns. Let's do it. Let's take you down to hell. Let's introduce you to Satan. Let's see everybody that's down there, including Adolf. Uh, we'll have a oh, great, great time. CensorComics.com. He, he, he gets the punch. Well, oh, no, Jesus, I think, gets the punch in the face. Yeah. Uh, I, I, don't, I, still I, I still understand
1: how Censor Comics didn't blow up a couple
0: years back when we tried to I, I mean we, I just we, we couldn't keep up content. with the we had All two right. two artists, three writers. I mean, if somebody wants to give us, you know, a little bit of funding, yeah, we could really print some out and get the, the stories out there for the people. Do
1: you know who was a fan of Censor
0: Comics? Who's a fan? Steve from
1: Pressman Steve. When I showed him he enjoyed those comics. Good. Did we even get a blurb on the radio? Didn't they say something about us? I think he might have. Uh,
0: Moving on to the pop culture dial before we uh, close this episode out. Fellas, there's a movie coming out this weekend. Uh, What are your thoughts on Christopher Nolan's Interstellar? Interstellar.
1: I'm on record as as saying I I will not pass true judgment on time travel until I see Interstellar because I let movies shape my reality. Rob, I don't know. We might have to time travel. If we don't like it, we might have to figure out how to time travel so we could like stop ourselves from going to see
2: it.
0: Boom! Into stella. Uh, seven forty-nine p.m. in the evening. My name is Bob. My guests tonight have been Mickey and Rockstar Rob from WMMR. Thank you, fellas. We'll see you next week.